This is the Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. Welcome to the Wealth Ability Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less taxes. Hi, this is Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of WealthAbility. Today, we're going to discuss how to best pay the cost of the pandemic. Should the wealthy fund the pandemic? And we have a very special guest, um, Morris Pearl. And I'm going to let Morris, uh, I'm going to let you um, give your background. It's a very impressive background. Former managing director of BlackRock. Um, you know, I'm, I've always been so impressed with what BlackRock did and has done over the years. It's a very impressive organization. And uh, you have a very, uh, very interesting mission that uh, you're on right now. So go ahead and give us a little bit of your background and, and, and tell us about your, your new mission here with Patriotic Millionaires. Sure. I'll start at the beginning. I grew up the son of a um, clothing store owner in um, upstate New York, near the Canadian border in Vermont. Um, when I saw Death of a Salesman, I said, I know that guy, Willie Loman. He was in my father's office every month with those big sample cases, selling stuff. And whenever my dad needed to make a decision, he had to talk to the accountant. And I don't know if I ever met the accountant, but I decided I'd much rather be the accountant than be the storekeeper, um, because that sounded more interesting. So I went to uh, the University of Pennsylvania, and then I discovered computer engineering, and I thought that was way more interesting than accounting. So I started doing computer engineering work, but combined that with my business interests. And I eventually ended up doing big securitization deals for Wall Street investment banks for um, quite a while in the 1980s. But inventing technology that we use to build the big computer systems we could use to analyze thousands and thousands of mortgages. I tried retiring once, um, becoming a professor at Columbia University, but that didn't work out. So I, um, the phone never rang. No one needed um, any services. So I um, went back to work at BlackRock. And for about 10 years, my clients were mostly governments. We were traveling around trying to figure out how much the um, bank bailouts in Greece, in the United Kingdom, and in the United States were costing the taxpayers. Mm -hmm. And one day, I was um, at a due diligence meeting in the top floor of a big bank in Greece, and I picked up some dessert from a buffet during the lunch break, and I walked to the window so people wouldn't see I was eating two desserts. And for a minute, I thought I was watching a parade, and then I realized I was watching a riot going down the street towards the uh, Parliament Hall. And I turned back to the due diligence meeting and I thought to myself, am I really doing any good for the rest of the people of Greece other than these couple of dozen bankers who are getting bailed out by the IMF and the European Commission? So um, shortly after that, it was the late 2013, I turned to my other interest of policy and politics and advocacy. And I've been running the Patriotic Millionaires um, ever since then, for the last six years, I've been the chairman of the board. And we're basically a group of hundreds of wealthy business people, investors, and we're very concerned that we're moving towards a situation, not just in Greece, but here in the United States too, where we're having a few rich people and lots of poor people. And frankly, most people are not going to put up with that. You know, they tried that in South Africa a while in the 1970s right. and 80s. That did not end well for the rich people either. And we want to make sure that we don't have the United States going that way. We've been advocating for more progressive taxation. People who make more money paying higher tax rates than people have to work for a living. 
kind of the opposite of the changes that are made in the end of 2017. We're also advocating for higher wages and for lessening the influence of money in politics, kind of the campaign finance reform rules that are in HR1 and have worked well here in New York for many years. That's kind of where I am. Well, I appreciate that. I, I think a lot of us would, uh, and a lot of our listeners would would appreciate your work on uh, getting money out of politics. That's for sure. Um, the the uh, lobbyists certainly like get my money out of politics. <laughs> well, our listeners would probably like to get their money out of the uh, uh, away from the federal government, frankly. And we'll talk about that. But first question I have, and this is a question that first came up when I first heard Warren Buffett talk about, you know, him paying you know, less tax rate than his, his secretary. And I'm going, you know, there is a provision uh, right on the tax form where you can donate money to the federal government. And my question for you is how much money has patriotic millionaires donated to the federal government? Look, well, I don't know what our hundreds of members do. Some of them are philanthropists who donate huge amounts of money every year. And some are does, working. Do, do you know, does any of it go to the federal government? I mean, you're advocating higher taxes, right? Which is basically giving money to the federal government. My question is, I've just never heard anybody talk about it. It's kind of like, you know, when the pandemic first started, there were conservative talk show hosts who said, um, you know what, we should just let this thing go on, not shut down the economy, because there are plenty of elderly people that would that would happily give their life for the economy. And, and my response to that was you first, right? I mean, just going, okay, if you believe that, go out, get the virus, you die. The rest of us may not want to die. Okay. The, I have the same question on this issue. So, so I don't personally, I don't want to pay more taxes. Okay. Same way when I'm, if I'm a member of a country club, I don't want to pay higher dues, but I want the benefits of being able to swim in the swimming pool. So I want to have a general meeting once a year and have everyone decide we're all going to pay dues to pay for having the swimming pool operated and the bartenders and the lifeguards and everyone else. And we're going to do that in some fair way that we each pay our fair share. And the same way with our country, I want to have elections and elect representatives or board of directors, whatever you call it, who will make some decision that everybody will pay their fair share of the cost of running the country. What I was saying before, it's not I'm concerned about the absolute level of dollars. What I'm concerned about is a level of inequality. Sure. What I'm concerned about is that having millions and millions of unemployed people who can't make their August rent, who aren't going to be paying for premium ice cream and expensive shoes and organic groceries and all the other things that help make our people rich, that's what I'm concerned about is all of these people not being able to pay their bills while a few people are making millions and millions and millions of dollars. That's the inequality I'm concerned about. So it's not that I personally wanna pay more taxes. No, of course not, nobody does, or nobody I know of does. But I want less inequality in the country. I want my children and now granddaughter to grow up with the kind of opportunities that I grew up with. That's what I'm looking for. So, so basically, you're, you're thinking the best way to do that is through higher taxes. Yes. The current system is that investors like me, we have tax rates in the teens because long-term capital gains have tax rates of 0, 15, and 20%. I could make hundreds of thousands of dollars and pay no taxes at all. 
Whereas somebody who has to work for a living, they pay a far higher tax rates than I do. And that means the rich people, the investors, the people who don't have to work, by definition, people that have enough investments they don't need to work are fairly wealthy, they are paying lower tax rates than the people who are working. And they're getting richer, and the working people are not. And that's not fair. All right. So, so let, let's break this into two pieces here. The first question I have for you is, how would you raise taxes because if if you if you listen to Joe Biden for example what he wants to do is get rid of all the incentives okay whereas if you if you if you looked at Hillary Clinton's plan um, a few years four years ago when she ran she was looking at surtaxes okay so a surtax over a certain level not eliminating the incentives but rather uh, other than the other than the big carried interest incentive that she talked about. But um, besides that incentive, which I think certainly for Wall Street, that incentive, I, I would happen to agree that that is not an appropriate incentive for Wall Street, maybe for real estate syndicators, but not so much for Wall Street. But with, with respect to the question is, do you do it through higher rate? Are you proposing that you do it through higher rates or eliminating incentives? Because I think they have very different impacts. What things we're supporting include higher rates, higher rates, not just at a few hundred thousand dollars, but at millions and tens of millions and hundreds of millions of dollars. So we believe that someone who makes $10 million should pay a higher tax rate than someone who makes $1 million. And we believe that people who earn their money through one way should not have lower taxes than people who earn their money from another way that involves the actual sweat of the brow. Okay, so you would so, actually propose both sides. So you would propose eliminating incentives as well as raising rates. I just want to make sure I'm understanding. Look, I mean, it depends what you mean by incentives. Well, let, instance, let's take a good example. You, you, you talked before we started talking, you were, uh, before we started recording, you were talking about the 2017 Tax Act, okay? So, yes. so lots of incentives in that. In fact, um, I wrote a book called Tax-Free Wealth that the fundamental idea behind the book is that the, the tax law is a series of incentives. In fact, 99% of the tax law is a guide to reducing your taxes. Okay. I mean, there's one line that says all income's taxable. Another income, another line says nothing's deductible unless we say it is. So basically you have most of the tax law is incentives, whether it's real estate, oil and gas, other natural resources, whether it's agriculture, whether it's business, there are all sorts of incentives in there. So, so, so the question is, I happen to agree. First of all, I want you to know, I happen to agree that over a certain level, I totally agree that there should be higher tax rates. First question is what level? Because you, you make a really interesting point. You know, I think a lot of our listeners are very concerned that when, you know, when you talk about, typically when people talk about the wealthy, you know, uh, Obama talked about the wealthy being somebody making $250,000 a year. I don't think that's wealthy. I, I, I personally, I think that's getting by okay, but it's certainly not wealthy, okay? Where you're, you come from a world, not my world, <laughs> you come from a world where people make tens of millions of dollars or billions of dollars a year. And, and the, the question I have is at, at what level do you think um, people stop worrying about taxes when it comes to production? Is it, is it 1 million? Is it 5 million? What, what is that level? Cause I mean, most of, most of our, our listeners, our clients, they're, they're making under a million dollars a year, you know, net, or they're making under $5 million a year. At what level do you think that the highest, the high tax rates actually disincentivize uh, production? I don't think 
that most people I talk to make most decisions about running a business or not running a business based on their tax rates. One of the people complaining most about taxes has been Ken Langone. He was one of the founders of Home Depot, well-known big business. There's a Langone hospital over here in the east side behind me. That's great. And when he was doing the bulk of his work, he was paying a tax rate of 70% on his marginal income above $100,000 a year. And that did not dissuade the people who founded Home Depot from building a huge business, making billions of dollars and paying a lot of taxes. So I believe that most people would rather have a percentage of a billion dollar business than nothing. Um, so no, I don't believe that higher taxes disincentivizes people. I think that people who start businesses are people who have generally people who have something to fall back on. Look at the people who started Facebook and Microsoft and some of those successful businesses that we have. Those were all people who had huge amounts of backing from their very wealthy parents. So they knew they could start a business. They could run it for months or years without making any money at all. And they could still pay their bills every month. And they didn't need to have a nine to five job. They had to worry about their health insurance or their student. No, I, under, I understand that. But, but most of main street isn't like that. We didn't, you know, I didn't, I, I, I didn't grow up with wealthy parents. Most of my clients have, didn't grow up with wealthy parents. And so if we don't make money, we don't have any, you know, we, we don't have that fallback. We don't have a cushion from wealthy parents. So most of main street, I would argue is uh, these are people who have bootstrapped. They've bootstrapped their, their business. They've started from nothing and they've built something and they're going, look, I don't want the federal government to take away what I built. Well, I think we all, the same way that their employees pay a certain percentage of their income to the federal government to pay for running the country, those people who started the business should pay at least the same percentage of their income to the federal government to pay for running the country. You know, we don't believe that the people who are the entrepreneurs should have lower tax rates than the workers for, well, for that reason or any reason. I'll get back to this in a second. Hey, if you like financial education the way I do, you're going to love Buck Joffrey's podcast. Buck's a friend of mine. He's a client of mine. He's a former board certified surgeon and he's turned into a real estate professional. So he has this podcast that is geared towards high paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you join Buck on this adventure of a lifetime. Let me throw something out to you, if I sure. could. So my theory right now is that since 2017, we've really become a uh, consumption tax in the, in, in the United States, not an income tax. And the reason being that if you take your money that you've made and you reinvest it into productive assets, I'm not talking about the stock market because I don't consider that in the same 
category, but you reinvest it into your business. You reinvest it into agriculture. You reinvest it into natural resources. You basically get a tax deduction. I mean, these days you can get a tax deduction if you reinvest it into real estate, right? Yeah. So the only money you're being taxed on is what you consume, right? It's either what you save or consume. Money that you put back into, into production is not being taxed. So the question is, um, and there's no question that since 1944, when we started taxing employees, right, which we didn't tax before 1944, yeah. there's no question that there's been this huge evolution of the tax law to go from um, taxing the, the investing to taxing the worker, Okay, there's no question about that. I mean, nobody's going to argue with you on that. My question is, do you, do you believe that the incentives of putting money, of, of rewarding reinvestment are not working? Well, I, I don't believe that it's necessary or appropriate that people who invest should pay lower tax rates. I believe that people who are investing in businesses when tax rates are much higher than they are now. And so I don't believe that it's necessary in order to have especially low tax rates for investors in order to get them to invest. So when I you talk about, uh, excuse me, when you talk about low tax rates, though, you're talking about capital gains rates because because business owners generally play, I mean, outside of the, this weird- Yeah, that's what we're talking about is capital gains. Okay, okay, so you're not about capital gains, okay? I, okay, that's what, I want, that's what I want to make clear of because, because uh, my income from my business gets effectively taxed at the same rate as an employee's income with the exception of this 20%, weird 20% deduction, which I think is a weird deduction, but it's, it's, a, it's a kind of a corporate equivalent type deduction. So, so the, the, the question is, then you're talking about just rates uh, and, and capital gains rates. So what would you do when it comes to capital gains? Well, I think that people who make their income from capital gains should pay the same tax rates as people who make their money from other sources based on their labor. I don't see any reason why I should sit here and look at my stock market portfolio going up and pay less, a lower tax rate than you who's actually working for a living. So, uh, okay, I, and I'm, I'm, cause I'm, capital gains is an interesting question. I mean, to me, it's a different question than other incentives. So, so on the capital gains, you don't think that incentivizes people to put money into the stock market because they're gonna get a lower tax rate. You think they do it well, anyway? I, I think that people invest their money. When I have capital, it, I know it's gonna earn me zero if I, put a pile of money in my desk drawer doing nothing. So I would rather invest in whatever I invest in, be it real estate or mostly in my case, it's mostly uh, the public stock market. And whether I get 80% of the profits or 90% of the profits or 50% of the profits, well, that's still a lot more than zero. And so I don't believe that many people would make a decision that they'd rather get zero than earn a certain percentage of the profits of their investment. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So do you think that 401ks incentivize people to invest in the stock market? Well, I think 401ks do incentivize people to, to invest, yes. Because, uh, because otherwise, otherwise, what would they do with that money? Yeah, 401ks, honestly, are not significant at all for the 
very wealthy people were talking about. No, who no, no question, but but, but, but pension and plans yes. are. But pension plans are. Yes, for the regular for people for whom the eight thousand or fifteen thousand dollars they put every year in their four hundred one k's are. Yes, I think four hundred one k's are great, and I think it has been a very effective in incentivizing people right. to invest and get matches and that sort of thing. No, and I, I appreciate this. And by the way, Morris, I, I really appreciate this discussion. Like like I told you before, I've been dying to have this discussion, um, you know, since since the Obama's first, first election. So it's not incentives per se that you're against. It's particularly the capital gains rate or are there other incentives that you, that, that you think should be undone? Look, I'm not against incentives at all. You keep using the word incentives. I've never used the word incentives in any of my talking. What I think is that people who make more money should have higher tax rates than people who make less money. Got it. Got That's it. what I'm saying. So That's so, what I've said from the beginning. Okay. No, I appreciate that. So so let me go back to the question. What do you think the levels should be? I, I'm, I'm really curious about this because, you know, it's, it's like a million dollars isn't what it used to be for sure. Okay. I mean, if you, if you make a million, if you, if you make a million dollars right now, you're already paying $500,000 in tax or close to that. If you're paying ordinary income rates, okay. You're earning the money. And so you have $500,000 left with people think is a lot of money. And it is compared to somebody making a hundred thousand, but compared to make somebody making 5 million, it's not a lot of money. So exactly. that's my point is that the people making 5 million, 10 million, a hundred million dollars a year, should be paying higher tax rates than the people who make five hundred thousand dollars a year and one million dollars a year. So that's exactly the point that we're trying to make. So you you have obviously studied this a lot. Um, so what do you think those tax rates should be at those levels? Well, we're honestly not making a position about what the tax rates should be. We're simply saying the tax rates should be different at those different levels. Currently, I think we only have a few tax brackets, and we think we should have additional tax brackets Got at it. higher levels of tens and hundreds of millions of dollars. Frankly, I'm not opposed to that, uh, uh, which is a little surprising for somebody who talks about tax reduction all the time. Yeah, uh, neither is almost anyone else. But, but you know, once, I mean, I look at, okay, um, uh, a million dollars maybe has a different tax rate than, um, you know, $500,000. And certainly 5 million would have a different tax rate than a million dollars. And 50 million may have a different tax rate than 5 million or 10 million. I, I think you're right that there's a big disparity Clearly, I think the primary issue in the disparity is education. I, I don't think the primary disparity is tax rates. I think the primary disparity is education. However, my, my question for you is, in, in your mind, because there's all this discussion always in politics about wealthy and the wealthy should pay more tax. You're saying just we should have more tax brackets up the line, if I'm hearing you correctly. Do you have an idea of what, what do you think wealthy means in, in, in the world today? Well, I mean, the discussions we've been having earlier in the year with different presidential candidates, we were talking about wealthy being people with wealth of billions of dollars, over a billion dollars. Oh, okay. Well, I'm certainly, certainly you'd be, I, I think you, I think you're right. I think you'd be hard pressed to say that anybody, you know, making over a billion dollars should not contribute more, you know, that it, because I, I have no question that once you get over a certain level, uh, I don't think you'd ever do anything for money. I mean, at that point, you, you really, you're really doing it for, cause you like doing it or because you want uh, to the success, et cetera. Exactly. I mean, as you said, our tax system has been moving towards a consumption based system. 
and someone who is just getting by, their consumption is equal to all of their income, essentially. Right. But for it's a true. billionaire, their consumption is a tiny fraction of their wealth Correct. or their income. Either way, you look at it. Correct. And so they're essentially paying a much lower tax rate than the guy who's just getting by. And so they're getting wealthier every year. You know, even take even me, I'm not a billionaire, but I'm more wealthy now than I was when I stopped working. I'm more wealthy now than I was when the pandemic started, in fact. And I don't actually contribute to society. Except like, <laughs> like you. I appreciate so, that. I appreciate that honesty. That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's awesome. What, so what do you think? So I, I get you're looking at policy. Any, anything, anything you think individuals should be doing here? Well, I think we should be supporting supporting policies and elected officials who are in favor of reducing the gross inequality between the few billionaires at the top and the rest of us who are trying to invest in businesses and create businesses in the rest of the country. And what, what would you say, especially um, since most of our listeners are business owners, um, what would you say to business owners? What, what, what would you, what would be your advice to business owners here? I mean, you're, you're, I mean, you've come from a, probably the most successful, one of the most successful businesses of all time. Um, well, what, what would you say? I give you one piece of advice for a business owner. Almost all business owners make money by selling something to customers. And what's more important, What's the important thing for a business that's selling something to customers is how much money the customers have. How much money all the people in the bar drinking on Friday night have is a lot more important than the wages of the one guy standing behind the bar pouring the beer. Ah, interesting. Interesting. And how do you feel about the inequality between um, like CEO compensation and average compensation? Well, I think it's, I don't, I don't need to pick on any one person or individual. And it's not that I'm against people getting rich, but I do feel there's too much inequality in our system in general. I don't think it's, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's not that a few hundred CEOs of large companies are causing the problem necessarily, but yes, I do feel there's, I mean, there's too much inequality in general, but it's not just a, couple of hundred CEOs in the country. It's the, it's the thousands and thousands of very wealthy investors and people versus the millions and millions of unemployed people who aren't able to work at all during the pandemic. That's what I'm worried about. So, so one last question before we finish, Morris, sure. if we could. Uh, wealth tax, your thoughts? Well, yeah, that's what, I mean, we were, we've been not, talking not, about- Not, not income tax. I'm talking about a wealth tax, a like, um, like, like has been proposed a tax on assets. So a property tax basically on, uh, assets as opposed to an income tax. Yeah. I mean, a lot of most people, including your listeners already pay a wealth tax because much of their wealth is tied up in their real estate, their homes or their other real they estate. They do. They do. So we think that billionaires should also pay a wealth tax yeah. on their wealth. Okay. I, I, I just, I wanted to hear it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, uh, obviously some, some, uh, practical issues with how you do all those valuations, but nonetheless, sure. yeah. n- nonetheless, um, I appreciate it. Uh, Morris really appreciate your time. Really appreciate your being on the show. If somebody wants more information about uh, you and patriotic millionaires, where would they go? Patriotic millionaires.org. 
That's patrioticmillionaires.org. We have a website. You can see what we're doing, see who we are, and uh, join up if you like. Awesome. Thanks very much. And just remember, just remember everyone that we're talking primarily today about tax rates, and we always have to distinguish between tax rates, tax incentives, and, uh, and, and there are certain things that the gov- federal government actually does want us to do. They encourage us to do those through, um, through certain incentives. And uh, when, we, when we learn what those are, when we get educated, just like we're getting educated here today by Morris Pearl, we're always, frankly, going to make way more money. And in the end, we'll pay way less tax. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to wealthability.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.